Chapter Six of Zastrozzi, a Romance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Zastrozzi, a Romance by Percy Bysshe Shelley. Chapter Six. The character of Matilda has already been so far revealed as to render it unnecessary to expatiate upon it farther suffice it to say that her siren illusions and well-timed blandishments obtained so great a power over the imagination of verezzi that his resolution to return to claudine's cottage before sunset became every instant fainter and fainter and will you thus leave me exclaimed matilda in accents of the bitterest anguish as verezzi prepared to depart will you thus leave unnoticed her who for your sake alone casting aside the pride of high birth has wandered unknown through foreign climes oh if i have led away by love for you outstepped the bounds of modesty let me not oh let me not be injured by others with impunity stay i entreat thee verezzi if yet one spark of compassion lingers in your breast stay and defend me from those who vainly seek one who is irrevocably thine with words such as these did the wily matilda work upon the generous passions of verezzi emotions of pity of compassion for one whose only fault he supposed to be love for him conquered verezzi's softened soul oh matilda said he though i cannot love thee though my soul is irrevocably another's yet believe me i esteem i admire thee and it grieves me that a heart fraught with so many and so brilliant virtues has fixed itself on one who is incapable of appreciating its value the time passed away and each returning son beheld verezzi still at passau still under matilda's roof that softness that melting tenderness which she knew so well how to assume began to convince verezzi of the injustice of the involuntary hatred which had filled his soul towards her her conversation was fraught with sense and elegant ideas she played to him in the cool of the evening and often after sunset they rambled together into the rich scenery and luxuriant meadows which are washed by the danube claudine was not forgotten indeed matilda first recollected her and by placing her in an independent situation added a new claim to the gratitude of verezzi in this manner three weeks passed away 
every day did matilda practise new arts employ new blandishments to detain under her roof the fascinated verezzi the most select parties in passau flitted in various movements to exquisite harmony when matilda perceived verezzi's spirits to be ruffled by recollection when he seemed to prefer solitude a moonlight walk by the danube was proposed by matilda or with skilful fingers she drew from her harp sounds of the most heart-touching most enchanting melody her behaviour towards him was soft tender and quiet and might rather have characterised the mild serene love of a friend or sister than the ardent unquenchable fire which burnt though concealed within matilda's bosom it was one calm evening that matilda and verezzi sat in a back saloon which overlooked the gliding danube verezzi was listening with all the enthusiasm of silent rapture to a favourite soft air which matilda sang when a loud rap at the hall door startled them a domestic entered and told matilda that a stranger on particular business waited to speak with her oh exclaimed matilda i cannot attend to him now bid him wait the stranger was impatient and would not be denied desire him to come in then said matilda the domestic hastened to obey her commands verezzi had arisen to leave the room no cried matilda sit still i shall soon dismiss the fellow besides i have no secrets from you verezzi took his seat the wide folding doors which led into the passage were open verezzi observed matilda as she gazed fixedly through them to grow pale he could not see the cause as he was seated on a sofa at the other end of the saloon suddenly she started from her seat her whole frame seemed convulsed by agitation as she rushed through the door verezzi heard an agitated voice exclaim go go to-morrow morning matilda returned she seated herself again at the harp which she had quitted and essayed to compose herself but it was in vain she was too much agitated her voice as she again attempted to sing refused to perform its office and her humid hands as they swept the strings of the harp violently trembled matilda said verezzi in a sympathizing tone what has agitated you make me a repository of your sorrows i would if possible alleviate them oh no said matilda affecting unconcern nothing nothing has happened i was even myself unconscious that i appeared agitated verezzi affected to believe her 
and assumed a composure which he felt not the conversation changed and matilda assumed her wonted mien the lateness of the hour at last warned them to separate the more verezzi thought upon the evening's occurrence the more did a conviction in his mind inexplicable even to himself strengthen that matilda's agitation originated in something of consequence he knew her mind to be superior to common circumstance and fortuitous casualty which might have ruffled an inferior soul besides the words which he had heard her utter go go to-morrow morning and though he resolved to disguise his real sentiments and seemed to let the subject drop he determined narrowly to scrutinize matilda's conduct and particularly to know what took place on the following morning an indefinable presentiment that something horrible was about to occur filled verezzi's mind a long chain of retrospection ensued he could not forget the happy hours which he had passed with julia her interesting softness her ethereal form pressed on his aching sense still did he feel his soul irresistibly softened towards matilda her love for him flattered his vanity and though he could not feel reciprocal affection towards her yet her kindness in rescuing him from his former degraded situation her altered manner towards him and her unremitting endeavours to please to humour him in everything called for his warmest his sincerest gratitude the morning came verezzi arose from a sleepless couch and descending into the breakfast parlour there found matilda he endeavoured to appear the same as usual but in vain for an expression of reserve and scrutiny was apparent on his features matilda perceived it and shrunk abashed from his keen gaze the meal passed away in silence excuse me for an hour or two at last stammered out matilda my steward has accounts to settle and she left the apartment verezzi now had no doubt but that the stranger who had caused matilda's agitation the day before was now returned to finish his business he moved towards the door to follow her he stopped what right have i to pry into the secrets of another thought verezzi besides the business which this stranger has with matilda cannot possibly concern me still was he compelled by an irresistible fascination as it were to unravel what appeared to him so mysterious an affair he endeavoured to believe it to be as she affirmed he endeavoured to compose himself he took a book but his eyes wandered insensibly 
thrice he hesitated thrice he shut the door of the apartment till at last a curiosity unaccountable even to himself propelled him to seek matilda mechanically he moved along the passage he met one of the domestics he inquired where matilda was in the grand saloon was the reply with trembling steps he advanced towards it the folding doors were open he saw matilda and the stranger standing at the remote end of the apartment the stranger's figure which was towering and majestic was rendered more peculiarly striking by the elegantly proportioned form of matilda who leant on a marble table near her and her gestures as she conversed with him manifested the most eager impatience the deepest interest at so great a distance verezzi could not hear their conversation but by the low murmurs which occasionally reached his ear he perceived that whatever it might be they were both equally interested in the subject for some time he contemplated them with mingled surprise and curiosity he tried to arrange the confused murmurs of their voices which floated along the immense and vaulted apartment but no articulate sound reached his ear at last matilda took the stranger's hand she pressed it to her lips with an eager and impassioned gesture and led him to the opposite door of the saloon suddenly the stranger turned but as quickly regained his former position as he retreated through the door not quickly enough however but in the stranger's fire-darting eye verezzi recognised him who had declared eternal enmity at the cottage on the heath scarcely knowing where he was or what to believe for a few moments verezzi stood bewildered and unable to arrange the confusion of ideas which floated in his brain and assailed his terror-struck imagination he knew not what to believe what phantom it could be that in the shape of zastrozzi blasted his straining eyeballs could it really be zastrozzi could his most rancorous his bitterest enemy be thus beloved thus confided in by the perfidious matilda for several moments he stood doubting what he should resolve upon at one while he determined to reproach matilda with treachery and baseness and overwhelm her in the mid-career of wickedness but at last concluding it to be more politic to dissemble and subdue his emotions he went into the breakfast parlour which he had left and seated himself as if nothing had happened at a drawing which he had left incomplete besides perhaps matilda might not be guilty perhaps she was deceived 
and though some scheme of villainy and destruction to himself was preparing she might be the dupe and not the coadjutor of zastrozzi the idea that she was innocent soothed him for he was anxious to make up in his own mind for the injustice which he had been guilty of towards her and though he could not conquer the disgusting ideas the unaccountable detestations which often in spite of himself filled his soul towards her he was willing to overcome what he considered but as an illusion of the imagination and to pay that just tribute of esteem to her virtues which they demanded whilst these ideas although confused and unconnected passed in verezzi's brain matilda again entered the apartment her countenance exhibited the strongest marks of agitation and full of inexpressible and confused meaning was her dark eye as she addressed some trifling question to verezzi in a hurried accent and threw herself into a chair beside him verezzi exclaimed matilda after a pause equally painful to both verezzi i am deeply grieved to be the messenger of bad news willingly would i withhold the fatal truth from you yet by some other means it may meet your unprepared ear i have something dreadful shocking to relate can you bear the recital the nerveless fingers of verezzi dropped the pencil he seized matilda's hand and in accents almost inarticulate from terror conjured her to explain her horrid surmises oh my friend my sister exclaimed matilda as well-feigned tears coursed down her cheeks oh she is what what interrupted verezzi as the idea of something having befallen his adored julia filled his maddened brain with tenfold horror for often had matilda declared that since she could not become his wife she would willingly be his friend and had even called julia her sister oh exclaimed matilda hiding her face in her hands julia julia whom you love is dead unable to withhold his fleeting faculties from a sudden and chilly horror which seized them verezzi sank forward and fainting fell at matilda's feet in vain for some time was every effort to recover him every restorative which was administered for a long time was unavailing at last his lips unclosed he seemed to take his breath easier he moved he slowly opened his eyes End of chapter 6 Recording by Martin Giessen 
in Hazelmere, Surrey.